Welcome to the book club that sure is not your mom's Ryan's book club, but it is my mom's. I'm Ellen, and joining me as always is my mom. Hi, mom. How's it going? Hi, Ellen. It's going wonderfully. Okay, good. Um, so today we are going to be talking about The Chocolate Thief by Laura Florand, and later we are going to talk about our opinions on Valentine's Day. But first, mom, what have you been reading? Oh, shoot. I forgot all about this part. Um... What have I been reading, Ellen? That's an excellent question. I read, um, I don't think I've read anything extra. I read the. I don't the, think you um, either. What was the last one we did? Archer? Was Archer the last one? The last, yes, the last full one that we did. Yeah, so I've only read Archer and um, Archer's Voice. And then last time we read. The Virtuoso. The Virtuoso, and I read that. And then I read The Chocolate Thief. So I haven't read anything extra this week. I think since the last time we spoke, I finished The Brazen and the Beast by Sarah McLean, um, which I, I liked. Um, it's not my favorite of hers, I would say, but I enjoyed the characters and I'm excited for the next book. Um, and other than that, and the books that we've done, the podcast... Um, I've been busy. I, I made it a goal to watch all of the Best Picture nominees this year. So I've been busy doing that because newsflash, some of them are really stupid long. So um, <laughs> it took some time. And it's been a, it's been a crazy week. And it's going to be an even crazier week this week. Yeah. Um, See if you can fit everything in next week. Yes. Uh, we have a crazy reading schedule coming up. And I'm going to be at Disneyland this week. <laughs> so... Um, wish me luck. In fact, you may hear my uh, washer and dryer going in the background because I'm furiously cleaning and doing laundry and all of that. So it's um, it's going to be fun. I'm yeah, it might just be me on the next episode. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> um, I, I'm going to Disneyland and I'm super excited. I'm so excited for Star Wars and Galaxy's Edge and all of that. So... I, if you are on the group, I'm sure I'll post pictures and things like that. Um, okay. Today we are going to be talking about The Chocolate Thief by Laura Florent. This is the first book in her Amour et Chocolat series, and it came out in 2012. Um, Mom, this is going to come as a freaking shock to you, but I've been busy this week, like oh I said. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Every week, Ellen, every week. I've been listening to the podcasts. I like to listen to the podcasts because it's like, if I do something weird, I'm like, yeah, I need to remember not to do that again. <laughs> so that's why I'm very, I diligently listen to each podcast. Every single week, Ellen says, I've been busy this week. Whatever. <laughs> um, well, to, to, there was no way I was going to be able to have time to do. Well, if I had your talent for writing... I would do these, but I don't. Oh, I don't. I don't. I paid for you to go to college to get that talent. <laughs> so now um, you're letting me down. So here's the back cover description for <laughs> this book. Breathtakingly beautiful, the city of lights seduces the senses. It's cobbled streets thrumming with possibility. For American Cade Corey, it's a dream come true. If only she can get one infuriating French chocolatier to sign on the dotted line. Melting, yielding, yet firm, exotic, its secrets are intimately known to Sylvain Marquis, uh, but turn them over to a brash American waving a fistful of dollar. Jamais. I don't know. How to, I don't speak French. Not unless there's something much more delectable on the table. Eh. Uh, whether confections taken from a locked shop or kisses in the dark, is there anything sweeter? Mom, what did you think of The Chocolate Thief? I really liked it. It wasn't a love for me, but I really liked it. Um. Okay. I'm real. Okay, so here's what I'll say. I, I liked it. And I come to that review by averaging out the things I really loved about this book with the things that really pissed me off and frustrated me. Um, I'm well, worried. I think they frustrated you more than they frustrated me, but I was frustrated by some things. I'm worried that I'm really going to come for this book, and I don't mean for 
to do that entirely. I'm going to come for aspects of this book, but I am going to try and devote some time to the things that I really loved about this book. Um, well, first of all, I want to say it's probably one of the most sensuous books we've read. Oh, man, alive. We're going to talk about that. In a long time. But yeah. Yeah. Um, and I will also say for a person that didn't particularly, I've been to Paris once. Um, I didn't particularly love Paris after my first trip there, um, but this made me want to go back, weirdly. <laughs> made me forget the things I didn't love about Paris. Just to get chocolate. <laughs> Just to get chocolate. And, you know, it is, I mean, like, I'm going to, I have some descriptions that she writes about Paris and it's like, oh, gosh. Yeah. Um, and I did have to go out and buy a box of chocolates. Granted, they're American seized candies but you know <laughs> whatever I don't care um and they were I mean this this book really made me crave chocolate something fierce yeah so um mom what did you think of Cade as our heroine okay Cade was fine <laughs> <We're>, <laughs> um I have a little thing about each character it I liked Cade she was you know, she was a go-getter, and you got to appreciate that. And mm -hmm. I love the whole chocolate thief thing. I love the whole thing about her breaking into his chocolate place and then him, like, waiting for her. And yeah. then him being mad that she didn't break into his chocolate <laughs> place. Um, I, I'll tell you what bugged me about her is that she kept – there's two things. First of all, she kept harping on the wanting to buy his name thing. And even, like, they would be in a sexy – passionate moment and she would bring it up and I'd, be, and I'd be like can you just let it go for 10 minutes so you can get some and then you can bring it up later <laughs> bring it up no she's do, she's playing the game she's bringing it up in the midst so that <laughs> you know yeah but that's what kept throwing him off and um <laughs> there was that and then she kept bringing up the other chocolate guy which granted stopped and he understood that she was lying which was funny but um it's like uh, okay so Based on what we we were talking about, so we, we kind of talked about this book when both of us were at about 70% or so. Um, I, and so based on that, I don't know if your opinions have changed. It seemed like you liked him more than her. I did. I, I am the opposite. I We're going to get into him. He really pissed me off, and I <laughs> did not like him at all by the end of the book. Um, so I liked her. The thing with her is that everything that you're saying, I felt like she was kind of doing it tongue in cheek and he got that, whereas I never got anything like that from him. Well, and I also think it was part of, I mean, I think he realized that she wasn't happy doing what she was doing. So I think that that was all part of the journey as well, you know, because she kind of comes out of it on the other end. And so I think that that cutthroat, thing was not really her style and she didn't love doing it and that's why you know it was a sweet ending that she you know, wound up being able to be there with him um so you know I get it I think that her thing was part of her journey in the book but um she's she's like the things that kind of bugged me about her is she's slightly out of touch I think um, but also like, I, I got to stand up for my fellow American girl in Europe. Like <laughs> I've been there. It's always so disheartening when they talk to you in English, like it's the worst. <laughs> um, so like when it opens with her that, and she's all like fresh eye, you know, and fresh faced and dewy eyed and ready to take on Paris. And she's feeling so confident and just like, pushes her down at every freaking turn and I I felt for her and um and I don't know there so I she kind of just struck me always as like plucky and yes like slightly not recognizing the fact that maybe she's a little privileged obviously right um but you know she does sweet things like give the chocolates to the homeless guy and all yeah, that kind of stuff. That's cute. Um, and so I, sh okay, we're going to talk about 
the ending and the conflict and things like that later. So I won't get into that much. Uh, other things I want to say about her, I did also really love the chocolate thief, you know, espionage thing and how, like, if, if there was more of that, I think I would have liked this a little bit more. Like, right. if their whole, like, press fiasco thing turned into a bigger thing, I think I might have liked that. Um, and I did sometimes take issue with her manipulation of him, but it did always feel like he was in on the joke, especially as they got more serious and were like sleeping together and things like that. Um, also in her defense, I would have freaking slapped a bitch who spent $30,000 on my credit card. Well, okay. I don't care how much it. money you have. I don't well, care she has no one to blame but herself for that one because just handing That's over your true. credit card randomly, yeah. she's lucky it was only $30,000. That's true. But I was just like, I don't know. Because I can't imagine spending that much money in a day, especially on clothes and stuff. I'm just yeah. not like that. So no. I don't know. Could you spend anyway. $30,000 at Target? Yeah. Is that a thing? <laughs> Which is where I buy my clothes. <laughs> I just like... If, if I spend more than, like, $100 on an article of clothing, I'm like, I cringe inwardly. Like, it hurts me. Um, and I did see that you had highlighted the part. Well, you, you probably should share that Ellen did a study abroad, and she went to Austria, and she had mm -hmm. studied German and really worked hard on her German and had really practiced. And as soon as she got there and she would say something to someone in German, they'd start speaking to her in as English. As soon as you say <laughs> anything. And, like, you can walk in there not saying a single English word. Like, I was always with friends and things like that, and we wouldn't say anything. And you'd walk in and start speaking German, and they would immediately start speaking English to you. And it would frustrate us because our teacher was always like, you know, speak German. And we're like, we're trying. <laughs> we're, like, <laughs> I'm trying to speak German to these people. But immediately they they start speaking English to you. And it was kind of the same when I, I also lived in Italy, too. Um, and it, it was kind of the same there. Um, I appreciated it because when I was in Germany, I did not know any German. Yeah. <laughs> Guten Tag was all I knew. <laughs> You'd say that to someone, they start speaking English, and I'm like, thank you. Thank you for speaking English to me. <laughs> that's what I mean is, like, with her, it's like I felt for her because she was trying to, you know, like – embrace the culture and things like that and and they keep kicking her down and I felt that to my core I felt that um okay what did you think of Sylvain as our hero well I, I liked him okay there were things about him that bothered me I will admit and um and both of them can I just say both of them had insecurities that I was like ah you guys just need to move this thing forward. They both mm -hmm. were so, like, standoffish with stuff. Mm -hmm. And and there was one thing, you know, he kept, he would say something and she'd think, oh, wow, there's a story there I can tell and I need to, and then, but she wouldn't push the thing. And then, so I kept thinking there was some big reveal that we were going to have. And I guess it was that he was poor, that he grew up poor, but. Uh, well, grew up poor and then, like, I guess we're supposed to believe that he was like gawky and awkward and well, even I then, know. I mean, he was still but having so sex. was everybody. He was, so he was hitting girls. I mean, at 16 and so yeah. not hitting them, but you know, like having sex with hitting girls at 16, it. hitting it, <laughs> <laughs> it, the big it, um, <laughs> at 16. And so he couldn't have been, you know, too horrible. I don't know. It was just like there was no big reveal, and I kept expecting there to be some big backstory that we missed, and it just never really produced itself, I guess. I don't know. But, um, yeah, he had his moments where I was like, ah, dude. So I liked him, and then I did not at all. Um, <laughs> I liked when they kind of were like this enemies to lovers thing in the beginning, and they were kind of bantery, and he was grumpy. You guys know I love that. But he was just grumpy, like, throughout the book. And you know that I love the transition, you guys. You know this about me. <laughs> um, so he really pissed me off, and I got kind of triggered by him in the end, which it takes – I think it takes a lot to trigger me is the thing. Um, he seemed really judgy and controlling to me, 
And, you know, maybe it's because he's French. But he can... Um, the judgy thing is more what I'm referring to with the French. Um, he... Okay. He, like, shoots her down at every opportunity throughout this book. And I don't mean, like, turning down her offers. But she takes pride in this thing that her family has made. She takes pride of the things that they do with their company, you know, and for the chocolate industry and things like that. And he shoots her down every single time. And, and not, in that a, way, not in a nice way, in a no. super, super, like, hurtful way. Like, yeah. everything your family has worked for is garbage. Yeah. And <laughs> it's junk chocolate. How dare you? Blah, 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 blah. And maybe it's, you know, the American girl in me, because this is obviously supposed to be Hershey. And... I don't take issue with Hershey like he seems to. And um, I don't know. It's just, I, I mean, and so like, okay, when I went to Italy, everybody's like, oh my gosh, you're never going to be able to eat American pizza again. Like you're going to be obnoxious. Here's the thing. I recognize that they are two different things. I recognize right. that Domino's and and Italian pizza are two different things. I recognize that Mexican food and Taco Bell are two different things, and I appreciate them both wholeheartedly. <laughs> and it's the same with European chocolate and American chocolate. I appreciate them both and recognize them both as different things. And so his just, like, relentless, like, your family's chocolate is garbage. When she obviously, and she, like, when she gave him the s'more... And, yeah, and he was and, just awful about it. <laughs> yeah. And all the, and like she, you know, carries them in her purse and everybody like shoots her down when she gives it to them. And it's like, you know what? Get off your freaking high horses. I don't know. I just don't, I don't, I did not like that. And yeah, he really well, pissed me off. And we're going to get into where he really pissed me off in the conflict, but. Okay. At the, um. I kept thinking he was, like, I thought it was going to be more of a give and take. I thought that he yes. was that way. And that by the end, he would be, you know, like helping her family with something. Or, yes. you know, maybe not giving his name to it, but at least helping them in some way. So I thought it might end up being kind of a give and take, but it wasn't at all. It was just like, nope. you leave your family business and come and do this with me. Yep. And we will not do anything with them. Yep. <laughs> so it was like, oh, poor girl. Anyway, yep. so she gave up everything for him, and he literally gave up nothing for her. Yep. And we're going to talk about that more. <laughs> um, let's let's talk about... The, let me... Okay, so... Huh, Ellen, break. Breathe. Uh -huh. Whew, okay, let's talk about the things that I really, really loved about this book. Hmm. So this book really engages, like, all the senses but when i think about it in a lot of ways that's because chocolate does too like you've got the the mouth feels of chocolate the smell of it the look especially of these pretty french chocolates and the taste and all of that thing so what did you make of the very like tactile nature oh my of gosh it book? was in fact halfway through the book i i texted ellen i'm like this book is so tactile just her talking about running her hands through the pistachios or the cocoa beans or mm -hmm. just all of it was just because it wasn't just taste and smell. It was touch and everything. Yeah. It was just a very engrossing and it was just amazing how it just ignited all your senses while you were reading it. She did an awesome job of writing yeah. those I mean, I can't, I've never been so engrossed in a book with all my senses just yeah. firing on all synapses. It was yeah. amazing. Yeah. There should have totally, been more of that. <laughs> yeah. And honestly, like, there's a lot of that in the beginning, and you and it starts to not be as right. much the case, and we get into a lot of the personal drama that pissed me off. And so um, uh, I wrote down these two lines where they both are, like, towards the beginning of chapters. Um it says, the gray, dim streets of Paris hesitated at dawn. Poetic and tentative, they clung to the night, even as they were drawn inexorably out of it. And it's like, gosh, damn, hello. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, this other one that kind of was a follow-up. 
Outside, Paris put on darkness the way her women dressed for excitement, a black dress sliding over skin, something glittering in its threads. And it, she just has a lot of lines like that where the way she describes things, I was like, ooh, girl. Yeah. Hello. Yes. I, I was going to say, are you going to read the black dress one? Yeah. <laughs> That's really good. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, and like you were saying, when she's explaining the chocolates and when she's in the chocolate lab, I don't know. I'm not going to, I don't, like I said, I speak German and Italian and some well, Spanish, but on I do that not note, speak French. On that note, I kind of had a quibble with this book in that. Too much French. Too much French and not explaining what it says. And it would yeah. like end on a line in French. The chapter would end on a line in French. And I'm like, I have no idea what I just read. I don't know if he's saying something mean. I don't know. If, yeah. You know, I don't know what this conversation and just sometimes was. be in like convert. They sometimes would be in like arguments or something. And he'd yeah. say something in French and it would not get explained at all. No, it would. And there wasn't any like there wasn't even like context as to what he said all the time. Right. And um, it would, that was a little frustrating for me because I yeah. was like, I don't speak any French. So I have no clue. I My, get when it's just a word here and there or when they say something and then like translate it afterward. Yeah. But I mean, you can't leave us hanging in the middle of a conversation with what language I don't speak. Yeah. My Italian, I was, with my Italian, I was kind of able to, like, parse out a lot of what they were saying most of the time, but there were still, I was like, I don't know what that word would be Well, exactly. even I would try and translate some words just, you know, through my Kindle, but I don't want to do that with every single word, and I don't yeah. speak French, so. Yeah. Um, yes, I agree. Um, but yeah, so the writing itself, I, I found so engrossing and beautiful and like luxurious, like every, yeah. like the way she just described everything was like, Ooh, ugh. like it made you want chocolate. It made you want to go to Paris. It made, you know, like every time she explained anything, it was just like, she should be in advertising because I wanted yeah. instantly anything she was describing. I'm like, yes, I do need cinnamon <laughs> from Zanzibar or whatever it was. Right was now. <laughs> I don't know what for, but I need it now. Um, so I really loved that. I like really loved that about this book. And that's where we come with the averaging thing. Okay. Let's get back into it. <laughs> So that was the good part. Now Ellen's so that back was to the her. good part. <laughs> what did you make of the conflict? Because I make a lot. <laughs> the conflict being her needing to go away to work. And yes, and him being a freaking whiny little bitch about it. What did you make of that? <laughs> of that part. <laughs> um. Well, it was back to the whole thing about him not supporting her at all. Anything. I mean, I guess. He went out there and um, one night, you know, for to mm -hmm. see her in Brussels, which is not very far from France. I mean, he said it's like an hour and a half away. So, Where? really, only once. <laughs> but um, That's I what, get let's, she, let's let's whine to me about long distance relationships, please. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I get that she was busy, but um, anyway, uh, he. Yeah, I just feel like he was he was pissed off at her about going. It's like, okay, this is her job. If you had to do something with chocolate, you know, mm -hmm. she would probably be totally supportive of that. And you're just being kind of an a-hole about her having to go away and do her job, which, by the way, makes her gazillions of dollars. Yeah. Which, you know, money isn't everything, but it's a lot of stuff. So, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I was a little, and I mean, and he was hissed that she had to leave and that she had to leave quickly he stole her freaking stole her passport, passport. <laughs> yeah that seems like way over the top <laughs> no that's this is what i'm talking about is with like he gets very controlling like kind of scary so to me like i don't know that whole thing and yeah she's expected like to drop everything to to be with him and so the ending is that, you know, he's like, you're happier making 
French chocolate and like get off your freaking high horse again. But you're happier making French chocolate here with me than you are doing, you know, what you're doing now. And he said he said that to her and I'm like, I have not really gotten that until now. I got that she was passionate about chocolate and that she was interested and, you know, very intrigued by the way it was made and especially this like really high-end chocolate. You know, she's she compares, you know, the factories back at home to these kind of more intimate chocolate and it's very handcrafted and all of that and she's fascinated by that process and that's why she wants to buy out someone so that she can get more involved in it and bring it to the masses in america which i don't see anything wrong with she's trying to bring she's trying to bring this culture that he's so freaking proud of over to share it with more people you know and engage the senses and the palates of the american people okay um (laughs) and so I didn't get that she wanted to do exactly what he does until he said it and she agreed. (laughs) I did not get that to that point. Um, And she even says, like, when they're talking about, like, well, what do you want? She says, working with chocolate in Paris, I'm not good at it. I'm never going to improve anyone's life doing it. I just love it, but it doesn't do anything for anyone but me. And he says, like, well, have you ever done anything just for you? Blah, 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 blah. And I I didn't get that she didn't, that she was unhappy with her job. I got that she was thrown into a lot of responsibility and high pressure situation, but I didn't get that she hated it until they were telling me she hated it. Well, she actually seemed very to end. thrive and, yes. and enjoy, yes. like, going in for the kill on a buy and that kind of yeah. stuff. She actually talked about it like she really enjoyed doing yes. that kind of stuff. And and I'm like you. I thought the whole thing of the book was going to be, you know, he there's give and take. He helps her, maybe doesn't even put his name on it. And maybe this is still what's going to happen, but that he helps her make a high-end chocolate that she can sell to the masses for not $12, you know, right. $100 a pound or whatever it was that he was charging. $120 a pound. Um, <laughs> better and, freaking, I better freaking have an orgasm when I eat this <laughs> Yeah, no kidding. Um, so his whole, um, so, and then she says this also in this same kind of like argument that they're having. She's like, are you saying that I have to choose that I can be Cade Corey of Corey Chocolate or I can be your here with you, but I can't be both? And he says, I'm here. You're going to the U.S. It's a big ocean. So basically he's saying, yes, you have to pick one. (laughs) And I did not like that at all, at all, at all. I, you know, we talk about romance being a very empowering to women and I did not feel like this ending was that at all I felt like it was your my dreams now need to become your dreams and they need to be with my chocolate and not your shitty ass chocolate and they need to be here here where I live here in Paris and nowhere else and I'm not gonna freaking budge on that and your family can come have Christmas in Paris, but uh-uh. Like, I just, I found it so off-putting in the end, like so off-putting, that I was triggered, as you can tell. <laughs> tell us what you really think, Ellen. Don't hold back. <laughs> <laughs> I don't feel that I did. So this is what I'm talking about, is I really loved so much about this book especially in the beginning and I really did not like the last like quarter or third because he really pissed me off I yeah yeah I can I can see where all of that I had similar feelings um and like strongly as you obviously (laughs) (laughs) the ending is tied up very nicely yeah you know like they all seem to be happy 
but I was just not happy with how all that went down. And yeah, I just, I, I, I really did not like that ending. I see where you're coming from, Ellen, and I agree with you. I didn't have as strong a feelings, but I agree. I don't, especially for all the romance books we've read, mm-hmm. usually they're so, you know, the female characters are so strong and so empowered, and at the end of the book, they're even more so, but this mm-hmm. one didn't leave you feeling that way. And yes, apparently she's going after what she's always wanted to do, which I did not get a sense of that until, like I said, I was told that that was what she wanted to do. Or he told um, that's what she wanted yeah. to do. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, and um, so apparently she's happy. God bless him. You know, I wish him nothing but the best. But um, I, I just felt like, she seemed more, she seemed more carefree, happy, and powerful, and confident in the beginning than she did in the end of the book to me. I would agree with that assessment, Ellen. And she was, she seemed under his thumb to me at the end of that, and I did not like that. Well, and not only did she give up everything, but then her family was giving up everything as well for him and his little... Yeah, and I little plan. I it's like I said. I think that it's it's probably going to be that he teaches her how to make chocolate, and she makes her own chocolate that they then put, you know, on the shelves under the Cade, under the Corey name, whatever her name is. Hershey's Gold is what it's called, (laughs) or Hershey's Treasures, or whatever. Corey Gold. I got an idea. <laughs> Killer. Um, anyway, that's that's how I felt about. And you guys know if if I'm ever gonna have beef with one of the characters, it's probably gonna be the heroine. I think this is the first book where I like actively disdained the hero. Wow, disdain is a two syllable word. <laughs> he. I really did not like him in the end. I get it, Ellen. I, I get it. I, I feel what you're. I feel what you're putting down. Yeah, molding in in the chocolate mold. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about sex, baby. <laughs> you're all pissed off. Let me tell you this about sex. This was the most sensuous, mom-friendly yeah. book we've ever read. <laughs> Yeah, because it really wasn't that, like, they didn't no, get the into, like... No, sex was pretty tame. I mean, it was a lot of fade to black, and... Yeah. Um, uh, but, gosh, dang it! It just Those made me want to, like, roll around in a vat of chocolate. I know. And make then it. have someone lick it off you. <laughs> <laughs> Which, you, you know, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> yeah, there's a time and a place, Mom. Don't, come on. It would ruin um, a perfectly good vat of chocolate. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> That's true. Um, but yeah. Um, yes. The sex scenes were very like, whoo, whoo, dang. Oh yeah. boy. Just the, like you said, her, her descriptions and, and the, all the senses being involved in them. And well, even just her explaining like that bitter chocolate that he gave her. And, and mm. I mean, just all those descriptions of those chocolates. It's just like, gosh, dang, you just almost feel it melting on your tongue. Yeah. And but yeah. yeah, the sex scenes were very sensuous, but very, very mom friendly. Yeah. If anything, because um, we've talked before how I maybe have a certain uh, proclivity for the the phone sex scenes in yeah. books, and then this one got cut off, and I was like, <laughs> "Dang it!" <laughs> I was like, "It was just about to get good." <laughs> I thought you might be a little frustrated by that, Ellen. <laughs> Well, especially because that was in the midst of the part that was pissing me off. And so I was like, okay, okay, here we go. And then we it can was redeem like, himself. Like, you can't even give me that. Come on, book. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it was very mom friendly, but it was, um, it was very sensuous. Mm-hmm. Um, so what was your swooniest moment? Okay. Um, 
I'm afraid to pick one because I'm afraid you'll get mad at me. But <laughs> <laughs> I loved the chocolate class where she snuck into the chocolate class and he's helping her with the chocolate and all the touches and the yeah. That was good. No, I and listen, I I it's like I said, I liked him until I did not, and so I liked the beginning of the book right. and I liked that. Um and. Honestly, my swooniest moment was just any time they were describing chocolate. chocolate that was my main day. takeaway. That's from what this I was going to say. My favorite character in this book was the chocolate. Just chocolate. <laughs> yeah, basically. It was the least offensive uh, character in the book to me. Um, I wrote down this line, though, that had me swooning. It's when they're, like, first starting to, like, hit it in the chocolate shop. And um, which health hazard is really yeah. what I have to say yeah. about I'm hoping they all get out this. some you know, Clorox wipes and clean yeah. that counter down. Okay. Um, but he says, uh, it says, his hands felt exactly as she had imagined, so strong and sure and delicate when they needed to be. They knew her melting temperature, that was for sure. And now she was being tempered much too fast. The cold from the marble was seeping into her bones. And I was like, okay, <laughs> all right. <laughs> <laughs> no, the descriptions in this book were hmm, tasty. Yeah. The whole like sex scene describing her as tempered chocolate, I was like, oh, yes, please. <laughs> Let's keep going down that road. Um, yeah. But that class when she's like describing his forearms, which were all about yeah, the forearms. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> and, you know, him rubbing up again, just light touches here and there and mm-hmm. helping her with the knife, you know, and it's just like, ooh, ooh, ooh. anyway. Yeah. Um. Let's, this is a uh, polarizing one for the listeners as well, from what I've gathered from the reader, the listener comments. So let's, uh, let's see what some people had to say. Wait, I have two questions. First of all, who recommended this book to us? I'm pretty sure it was Amy, who is the first comment here. Okay. Um, Because I don't want to offend any of our listeners. Amy, here's the thing. I, I, it's like I said, I loved certain things about this book and I, I think that maybe I would like another book by her written by about different people. <laughs> um, my second question is, is this author going to be at any of the conferences that we're going to go to? Because that's always really awkward. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. Okay. Um, okay, proceed, dear. Okay. So Amy says, it's been a while since I've read this book, but I adore all of Laura Florence's books. I learned to make macarons after reading The Chocolate Kiss. Um yeah, I, I want to make some chocolate is what it made me want to do. Um, Cassie said, this book made me want to brush up on my French and eat a bunch of chocolate at the same time. I really liked the premise for the story. It was cute and unique. However, I ended up not really connecting with either of the characters, and I felt like there wasn't enough to build up of the enough build up of the enemies to lovers trope. Uh, the first time Cade and Sylvain, I don't know how to say his name, uh, got together, it seemed so abrupt to me. I actually had to reread it because I thought it was a dream sequence or something. I didn't buy their attraction to each other, and I felt like this would have worked better as more of a slow burn. It was a great chase- choice for Valentine's Day, though. Um, I will concur with that as well, that he was like instantly hot for her without us really knowing why. She, I think I kind of got her more because she had kind of like this built up crush of him that she came in with. And for him, it was just like insta, insta lust, you know? Well, to the point where through a a good chunk of the middle of the book, I kept thinking, is this really a healthy relationship? Are they really basing Mm -hmm. this on, on true feelings or? Well, and that was the other thing that pissed me off about him. I found another thing. Um, (laughs) is when he is all pissed off at her because she's like, look, look, I I mean, am I your only lover? And he's like, how dare you? And it's like, you guys have known each other for two weeks and you've like basically exclusively had sex. Like that is not. And can we say without a condom? It seems like a fair question because they never did use a condom that we ever heard of. And, um, it seems like a super fair question. You know, are, are there a lot of other people in your life that I need to be concerned about having their, you know, diseases inside me? <laughs> but do you know what I mean? Like, he, he got all, like, offended that she, like, dared to ask that. And it's like, look, yeah. the first time I saw you, like, one of the first times I saw you, you were out with another chick. Like, yeah. <laughs> 
It seems like a fair question. Yeah. And um, you're French. I mean. <laughs> Just going based off stereotypes here. You know? <laughs> yeah. Straight up. You wear a beret and you probably slept with a lot of women. <laughs> <laughs> and you exclusively eat baguette and fancy yes. chocolate. Oh, <laughs> 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 Jacques Cousteau. Jacques Cousteau. <laughs> Everybody should watch Foodie Fight. Fight of the Concerts. In fact, maybe I'll, maybe I'll tag that uh, on the Facebook group. Um, okay. Deb says, have to say I really did not like this book. I could not warm up to Cade and found her annoying, dishonest, and spoiled. I couldn't understand what Sylvain even saw in her. Uh, the only enjoyable part was the descriptions of the yummy chocolate pralines. However, it made me want to eat a... F- uh, full box myself. Yes. Same. Same. Well, and, and they talk about Kate being so skinny. I'm like, girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> not, not for long. <laughs> she eats a lot of chocolate. <laughs> it's like, God, I wish I had that metabolism. Yeah, no freaking kidding. Um, Jessica said, I enjoyed this book. This book had a such a sensuous feel to it, maybe because of all the delicious sounding chocolates, the sexual tension and the delicious French hero. I really liked Cade and Sylvain as the main characters, and I thought they were well developed and that the author showed us what drove them. To me, one of the sooniest moments is when Cade arrives back in France and sees the Christmas display with the thief theme and realizes that Sylvain named the chocolate that he had created for her amour. I wish some hot guy would custom make me some chocolate. Yeah, I will yeah, agree with that. Seriously. Um, doesn't necessarily need to be him, but I, you know, <laughs> someone else. Um, overall, I thought the book had a great mix of humor, steam, and heart. And can we take a moment to talk about the sexy scene on the stairs? Yeah. there. I mean, for, yeah. for how mom-friendly most of the sex scenes are, they were pretty freaking hot. Um, but I think that's in large part due to her writing. Um, Jessica continues, phew, I was fanning myself. I also, I may, I also may have pulled out my Thin Mint cookies to get my chocolate fix. Oh, Thin Mints. I could go yeah. for some Thin Mints right now. Um. With that mint ganache. <laughs> <laughs> that mint cookie ganache. <laughs> I think, I think the French would have something to say about the Thin Mint cookie, but. Oh, whatever. Whatever. whatever <laughs> Um, Aaron says, this was a DNF for me. I could not figure out why I was supposed to like either of the main characters. <laughs> she was a spoiled, entitled billionaire and never gave me a reason to root for her by 55% finish. He was a grumpy guy whose only redeemable quality was how good his chocolates were, that if they were real, I would not be able to afford. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> um, and I never figured out why they were attracted to each other, except for the chemistry, I guess. The author did a great job describing the chocolate and setting, but it wasn't enough to keep going. Um, that's interesting. So she finished at 55% and that was around where he started to really piss me off. So Aaron, I think you might've been, I think you might've been on board with me. Good to stop um, there because it would have just gotten you yeah. worse. Jessica said, I barely finished this book. I skimmed most of it. The heroine was too uppity for me, and I honestly did not see what he found interesting or likable about her. The hero was way too beta, and his use of his culinary knowledge as seduction tool was very off-putting. Can't love them all. Um, I didn't mind. I mean, like, listen, he could try to seduce me with chocolates all the live long day. I might just take the chocolates and run, but... um, (laughs) But, and it's, I'm finding it interesting that so many people didn't like her. I mean, you kind of felt the same, but, um, I, she bothered me way less than, than him. Well, like I said, he got more annoying at the end Mm -hmm. with his possessiveness and his weirdly, I'm not going to budge, but you must. Yeah. Yeah, Jason said, I didn't love this one, but I liked it better than a lot of the reviewers. I didn't find Cade as spoiled as some did. I actually thought she was drowning under her obligations to the family business. It actually took me longer to warm up to him. I liked the ending a lot. Agree to disagree on that, singular male listener, Jason. Um, But I did think that that, I mean, she has a lot of freaking responsibility. and, And the fact that he's like, just drop it. I'm like, whatever. Okay. Anyway, I've, I've already... Well, he know. wasn't supportive at all of it. He just wanted her to get rid of it. And it's like, okay. I don't know that that's quite the answer that we should take, yeah. but whatever. <laughs> um, Nara said, at 30%, I got up and made myself a souffle au chocolat, which is my best pronunciation of French. <laughs> um, and then Nara says, I liked the book, and I understand why some people didn't. It gets better towards the end. Oh, agree to disagree. It's all very sensual, that chocolate making. Agree. 
on that one. Um, I wish Cade and Sylvain had talked first. I was not on board with her breaking and entering, but I still liked the book. And finally, um, catching up with y'all. I will say there were things about the breaking and entering that I was like, ooh. Like when she left and she grabs like five boxes on her way out, I was like, ugh, I don't like that If she had just like tried the little chocolates. And the fact that she was literally there to steal his recipes. I mean, she was literally there looking yeah. for recipes. Yeah. She was just there to try and sneak some chocolates. and stuff. That would be cute. And, yeah. But she literally was in there to steal his recipes. If she had found his recipe book, she would have taken his recipes. Which, like he said, wouldn't have helped her much because... Yeah. But... Um, Lori says, okay, that's where I... Oh, no, she says, okay, that's where I land with this book. It was Okay. I got hung up at the beginning with how ill-prepared Cade was in her plan to just show up and cut a business deal with Sylvain. It made the whole premise feel a bit flimsy. Additionally, the constant misreading of each other's motives and intentions made it hard to root for our couple. By about two-thirds of the way through, I was over most of my frustrations and has suspended my disbelief enough to get invested in the outcome. I did find the ending pretty satisfying. Oh my gosh, you guys are amazing me that everybody liked the (laughs) ending so much. Um, So I'm glad I finished it. I just wish I hadn't spent so long wondering if it was going to be worth my while. Um, The thing about the ending is it is cute. And like all the families coming together and his mom being all happy about it. I mean, the ending, the little epilogue thing, it was cute. Yeah. So that's, I think where they're finding the satisfaction is that it was cute that they all got together. But what irritated me is that she had to give everything up. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, Aida said, I read it a long time ago, so I don't remember too many details. The couple wasn't the best ever, but I don't think this was the author's intention anyway. And I did enjoy their journey. I just wish some transitions in the relationship were a bit smoother. Uh, yeah. My favorite part was by far the love for dark chocolate. Uh, I'm a milk chocolate girl myself, and I will own up to that. Which is probably why you're a milk chocolate girl. But, um, it works out perfect when we get a box of candy I get the milk chocolate. My husband gets the dark chocolate. We're the perfect pair. (laughs) Um, Natalie, she says, I was really excited to read this book because one, I love chocolate and two, I love Paris. This book was just a like for me. I was frustrated at first because the characters seemed steeped in stereotype and that was really disappointing to me as an American who lived in France for a couple years. As I kept reading, I think it was less stereotype and more just their characterization slash personalities. I didn't connect with either of the main characters. Kate's problem of not being able to pay ridiculous amounts of money for anything she wanted wasn't exactly relatable for me. And I can't understand why she was afraid to eat dinner alone, but not afraid to break and enter. Paris is a great city for solo travel slash dining, by the way. I also think a bunch of secondary characters saying that Sylvain always gets his heart broken was a lot less effective than had the author shown us some past lovers breaking his heart. Agree on that. Well, and that's kind of what I was where there's got to be some big backstory here that we're going to hear and it's going to be like moving and make us feel for him. And that never really ever happened. Um. She says, however, even though I didn't connect with the characters, they strangely grew on me. Oh, opposite. Uh, They became (laughs) more developed and rounded as the book progressed. I thought the book actually got better after they got together, which is usually not the case for me. The end was pretty satisfying, and I'm glad I stuck with it. There were also some really beautiful bits of writing, agree, that had an almost magical slash dreamy quality to them that I really enjoyed. I am curious enough and like the writing and setting enough to pick up another in this series and see if I connect more to those characters. Um, And you'll have to let us know how that goes, Natalie, because I I do really like her writing, and so that's and so I think where I come down is that was frustrating for me because I liked so much else about the book that he really pissed me off. <laughs> Did he? He ruined it. <laughs> Mom, any final thoughts on? Well, they kept talking about his, like his long hair, but the, he never, I, I don't think he ever had it pulled back the way I wanted it pulled back while he was working in his chocolate shop. They never talked about him wearing, like, a hairnet or anything, and I was like... Yeah, well, and so everybody else was, it seemed yeah. like. Yeah, and so it kind of bothered me. I mean, I guess he wore his little chef Because didn't he, didn't he say, like, there won't be any hair found in my chocolate. chocolate? Well, apparently, there could be. I don't know. Yeah. I just... She kept talking about his long, silky hair, and I was like, pull that stuff back, dude. 
Well, I think a hairnet is not exactly the most sexy thing on one of our romance. I'm sure it's not, but it just seemed like a no brainer to me. (laughs) Put on a hairnet and a condom. That's all I ask. Is that asking so much? (laughs) (laughs) Um, okay. So I'm not going to harp on it anymore. Like I said, really loved the writing, really did not like him. So that's where I landed on the book. Um, yeah, I think you've made that clear, Ellen. Good. I'm glad. I like <laughs> to make myself clear. <laughs> but um, like you said, I think averaging everything out, it was a like for me. Yeah. But there it, were I mean, some quibbles that I had yeah, with the story. That's where I come from as well. Um, so those are our thoughts and some of your thoughts on The Chocolate Thief by Laura Florent. Uh, we would love to hear more from you on our Facebook page, our Facebook group, which is at Not Your Mom's Raw. No which our Facebook group, which is not your mom's Facebook group, our Goodreads group, our Twitter, which is at not your mom's rom, or you can email us at not your mom's romance book club at gmail.com. I've said this so many times, you think I would be able to get it right. So if you want to read along with us and email us with your thoughts, or if you would like just a book for us to read, we'd love to hear from you. On February 17th, we'll be discussing Moon Called by Patricia Briggs in our next mini episode. For now, we are going to take a break, and when we come back, we'll be talking about uh, Valentine's Day and our feelings on it. Thanks, Mom and Ellen. This is Solitary Ellen coming to you mom-free because I'm here to talk about a book that is most assuredly not mom-friendly, and mom can't know that I'm going to read it, so let's just keep this between you and me, huh? Today's podcast is sponsored by Best Women's Erotica of the Year, Volume 5, edited by Rachel Kramer Bussell, published by Cleus Press. This anthology's theme is outrageous and features 21 brand new sexy erotica and erotic romance stories from authors who will certainly bring the outrageous factor, including Sierra Simone, C.D. Reese, Sabrina Sol, Caridad Pinheiro, Bali Caro Jaswal, Justine Elliott, Alexa J. Day, Jane Renault, and more. You'll be swept away by the sexiest business deal ever, break the rules in a future world where skin-on-skin contact is forbidden, and discover the art of getting off by phone sex. From mermaid sex to historical passion to the first Latina U.S. president finding intimacy again after becoming a widow, this book has something for every reader from happy endings to pure lust. Best Women's Erotica of the Year, Volume 5, is available in print, ebook, and audiobook, and is on sale now wherever books are sold. Find out more at bweoftheyear.com. And uh, we thank them for their support, and we hope that you guys will check it out. It's time for a break! It's time for a break! The break is when we do the news and mail. Okay. I think my favorite part of the mini-episode, do you want to know my favorite part of the (laughs) mini-episode? No, I don't want to know. Uh, so a couple news items. First, on February 24th for our B topic, we are going to have the lovely Kathy Maxwell on to talk about her next book, His Secret Mistress, and um, also just kind of t- chat about romance in general. Uh, she's a huge advocate for it. I, um, I was she's in, a delightful person. She's a delightful person. Um. I was in a book club with her when I lived in Texas, and um, she's she's a who, and I think it's going to be a lot of fun. So stay tuned for that episode again on t- February 24th, um, and we're just super excited to have her. Uh, and then mom has an item of business. I do. The lovely Jessica has asked me to do a drawing of the people who read for our theme for that month and for so January la- for, this is for January last January's theme was um or the trope was the second chance romance second chance and romance. fresh start romance and fresh start there thank you yes. for that so I'm going to draw a name slash number I'm drawing a number but the names are attached um okay uh it's Elsa Evans is our okay. winner. Congratulations, Elsa. So Jessica is going to get in contact with you regarding getting your, you your prize. Your prize. So, so fun. Don't say, don't say you never won anything because you just did. <laughs> um, we have two emails today. 
The first is from Michelle. She says, hello, ladies. I love your podcast. I'd like to offer a few recommendations for your reading list. I'm sure that you've received some of these already. Forgive me because I can't remember if they are all mom friendly, but they stuck out as books I really enjoyed. Um, On Dublin Street by Samantha Young, which we've been recommended before, I think. All you need to know is Brayden Carmichael. Think contemporary romance set in Edinburgh, Scotland. Hot, wealthy Scottish hero, half Scottish, half American heroine with a sad past. Super sexy. It's a good series, but I admit to having read this book several times. Did I mention Brayden Carmichael? I don't... You did, and... It means nothing to me at this point, but I'm on board with the rest of the description. <laughs> um, she says, About Last Night by Ruthie Knox. Catherine uh, City, Swoon. Contemporary romance set in London. British hero, American heroine living abroad. Opposites attract. Sweet and sexy. Minor conflict since it's a shorter book. Um, and then Catch of the Day by Kristen Higgins. Contemporary romance set in a small town in Maine which we know mom's feelings on. <laughs> Heroine owns a restaurant and a very old dog. Hero is a lobsterman, solitary, loner, uh, acquaintances to pseudo enemies to lovers. Uh, funny. I also love her Blue Heron series book two, The Perfect Match with Tom and Honor. British hero and heroine has a crazy dog. Oh, I love a crazy dog. In fact, I love all the dogs in her books. And since I'm on a roll, all I ever wanted, Callie in love with her boss and Ian, the veterinarian, really funny and heartwarming. I think I laughed and cried reading all of these books. Uh, she says, match me if you can by Susan Elizabeth Phillips, which we need to do a Susan Elizabeth Phillips. And this is probably the one that gets recommended to us the most. Uh, matchmaker hired to find a wife for a sports agent. It's part of a series, but I read it first and loved it as a standalone. If you like Robin Carr. Um, and then, oh, and if you like Robin Carr, Summer in Sonoma by Robin Carr. More women's fiction than complete romance, but I love Cassie and Walt. Uh, ER nurse and motorcycle riding mechanic, super mom friendly. Um, I have a feeling Robin Carr lives near me somewhere. <laughs> yeah, in Northern California. All the Northern California stuff. Yeah. Um, so thanks for those, Michelle. And I do think we probably need to have at least a Susan Elizabeth Phillips on the next one. And I like the sound of all the rest of those. So. Yeah. Um, okay. And then our next email is from, okay, bless her. She, she's, she's wrote out her name and then she told me how to pronounce it phonetically. And I'm still not hundred percent sure I get it from her description. She says phonetically it's Marsha and then substitute the S with a T sound. So like Marta, Mar Marta, Mar Marcha, Marcha, Marta. I don't know. But it's, she's from, she says, hi, mom and Ellen, shout out from the Netherlands, uh -huh. which fun bit of trivia. When I was in eighth grade, I did a country report on the Netherlands. Um, she said, <laughs> so Ellen's an expert. <laughs> so I am an expert on your country. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> Ask Ellen anything. <laughs> Ma, do you remember that country report, mom? I do, Ellen. Me. I remember and trying was, to make the map of the Netherlands. Yes, it was a pain <laughs> in the butt. Um, okay. She says, shout out from the Netherlands. I've recently discovered your podcast. It's a great find after having read about 80 romance books in 2019. Ooh, that's, I think, better than I did. Uh, there were a lot of episodes of yours I could listen to without being spoiled. You two have a fun dynamic. Thanks. Uh, she says, in your most recent episode, Archer's Voice, you mentioned never having read a deaf hero. I really enjoyed the historical Gilded Age book by Joanna Shoup, a notorious foul, where the hero is deaf, but he is able to speak and read lips. And then, and I think he uses an early version of ASL. Uh, and then she said, Ellen mentioned a blind hero in one of Tessa Dare's books. Do you remember which title that was? I'd be up for it. Yes, it's Romancing the Duke by Tessa Dare. It's the first book in her Castles Ever After series. And it's, that was like mom's. My, one of my first ones. Yeah, one of her first ones. That we listened to. And Ellen had to fast forward through the sexy part because she was embarrassed. Bits. Yeah, I did not want her to have <laughs> um, That one's fun. It's got like a lot of cosplay and stuff in it too. And it's, it's, it's funny. Um, some like historical LARPing. It's really funny. Um, <laughs> so she says, lots of love. Marta, Marcha, I, yeah, I, I, bless you. I, I appreciate you trying to help me out. And I'm sorry that I'm still screwing it up, even with your very clear instructions. Um, so thanks for the emails, as always. Um, I will add all of those to our ever-growing recommendations list. Um, and we look forward to hearing more from 
more of you. And uh, yeah, so that's it for the break. Thanks. Bye. Welcome back. Valentine's Day is just around the corner. And so I thought that we should talk about our own opinions on on the day. I want to prelude this by saying that anyone who gets really into it, I bear you no ill will. Um, for me, myself, and it's not just because for most of my life I've been a bitter single woman. I'm not, I have not been bitter. <laughs> well, after that last review we just did, you sound really bitter. <laughs> um, but uh, for me... I, I mean, like, I like the I like the idea of spreading love, but um, for me, I don't necessarily love, and I've thought this even before I was in a relationship, um, but I, I think it would mean more to me if I got flowers and taken out on a nice day on a day where the guy did not feel obligated to do so. <laughs> I, so I, I would agree. Can I share my Valentine's Day story? Yeah, please do. Okay. <laughs> so I was raised in a family that oh, was extraordinarily yeah. practical. And we, my parents just did not believe at all in, in celebrating the, what they called Hallmark holidays. And um, Valentine's Day. No Mother's Day. Day no we Father's Day. We didn't really Day. do Mother's Day or Father's Day. I mean, usually at church we would do something for Mother's Day or Father's Day, but we just didn't make a big deal of these things in my home. We just did. I didn't grow up celebrating these things at all. So um, my husband, on the other hand, was raised in a family where it was like over the top every time something like one of these things happened. Mm -hmm. So when we were dating and we dated for a very short amount of time, so we were actually engaged. Very short. <laughs> <laughs> we were actually engaged during our very first Valentine's Day together. And he had me come over to his house for for Valentine's Day dinner. And when I got there, my place setting, like around the table at dinner, were gifts and cards on everybody's plate. Everybody in the family had gotten me something for Valentine's Day. I hadn't even gotten my husband something for Valentine's Day. I hadn't done anything for anybody this at all. Rings so true to everything <laughs> I know about my dad and his family and about you. Yeah, exactly. So it was super awkward <laughs> and a little weird. They were very nice about it. And oh, no problem. But I felt super, super uncomfortable. But um, so that's kind of where I'm coming from on this whole Valentine's Day Well, and then you raised me, and that's where I come from. <laughs> exactly. And so it's not – but like Ellen said, I would much rather just get a surprise bouquet of flowers or a surprise box of chocolates or, <laughs> <laughs> or you know, a date out. I mean, now we go out to dinner all the time. So it's, And really, Valentine's Day is the worst day to go out to dinner. So – yeah. I'm just throwing that out there. That's what I think we're going to do because um, the, the I, you guys know I hate the word boyfriend, but the, the, the man with which I am currently <laughs> spending time when you can. <laughs> yeah. Um, we are going to be together for Valentine's Day because we're going to Disneyland and then we're going to, he's still going to be here um, on, come Valentine's Day. Uh, and we were like, well, maybe we can go out to dinner or something. I was like, eh, we probably don't want to go out to dinner. I'm no, like, we can go out to lunch. We'll do a Valentine's Day lunch. <laughs> That's got to be better because <laughs> dinner on Valentine's Day is the worst. It's a Friday, though, which is probably going to make it even worse. Worse. Yeah, so. that's what I'm thinking. Um, anyway. Yeah, but that's that's all, like, long. And, again, this is not just because I've most of my, you know, I've had 28 Valentine's where, days where I've been single. Um or more than that, 31. Um, but, uh, yeah, I just, I, I think that, um, I think it should just be like a friendship day rather than like a romantic love day, like, which is what it kind of seems to be more occupied with. And just like, like, I like Galentine's Day, which yeah. is the day before. And like, you know, just, Spread a little love to your gal pals. Which and, I'm pretty sure. Um, did Parks and Rec come up with yes, that? Yes. 
love okay. it. <laughs> and that makes me love it even more. And I love that it's become like this big thing. Um, like I saw Valentine's Day cards at Target when That's I was awesome. there. That's awesome. I know. Leslie, nope. You go, girl. <laughs> um, but yeah, I so I'm all about spreading love. I think that a day for spreading the love, but I don't like this whole like obligation to to express love on a day. I feel like it means more when it's not under obligation. Well, that was my whole my parents' whole thing with Mother's Day and Father's Day is their whole thing was every day should be Mother's Day and Father's Day. There shouldn't be one day that you express your love to your mother or your father. And so in our family then no day became Mother's Day. <laughs> I was going to say, how'd that work out for them? <laughs> and my dad would probably still say. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. He gets no love, but it's not true. <laughs> um, anyway, so those are our own yeah, feelings. But even with Valentine's Day, then you feel obligated to have friends. and, and <laughs> Mom's not good at that. <laughs> I'm better off. In fact, you know, th- this Valentine's Day, your dad and I will probably just sit home and, well, Netflix and chill, but not in the sexy way. In the, we're <laughs> just literally the- going to watch Netflix and do nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'd love to hear other people's, uh, especially, like, I think people expect romance readers to be all about the romance, the, the love positivity, and we're like, no, sweatpants and Netflix. Like, that's... <laughs> That is both of our ideas of romance, if we're being honest, right, Mom? Yeah, yeah. Listen, if it's someone you can lay around in front of in sweatpants and messy hair and no makeup, that's the sexiest thing ever. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I, but I'd love to hear how other people celebrate and kind of their expectations of their spouses on uh, or their significant others on this day. And, um, yeah. I mean, and I will say, like, last year I got flowers, which was, like, the first time that I, and it was, it was very nice, and I enjoyed it, um, but I don't expect it, I guess, is what I should say. Yes. Well, we, we have a kind of a happy compromise now. You know, if I get something, I get something. If I don't, which is pretty much my idea on all this stuff. Plus, my husband's been gone so many times over the years yeah. on anniversaries and birthdays and Valentine's Day that it's just never, I, yeah. it doesn't bother me if I don't get anything. So I would like an acknowledgement of all said days. Like, hey, happy Valentine's Day. But that's literally all I expect. <laughs> Good to know. <laughs> yeah. I'll pass that on. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. Hopefully certain parties don't listen to this. Um, okay. So thanks so much for joining us. Again, if you would like to join us for Moon Called by Patricia Briggs in one week on February 17th, God willing, I get the book read, you can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and wherever your favorite podcasts are sold for free. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at NotYourMom'sRom or on Facebook or Goodreads or email us at NotYourMom'sRomanceBookClub at gmail.com. Don't forget to leave a review because it helps the show and we just love to read them. All right. Thanks, Mom. You're welcome, Ellen. I'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Not Your Mom's Romance Book Club is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. You can find more outstanding podcasts to subscribe to at frolic.media slash podcasts.